This episode of AFI in Conversation was produced by Megan Hall for AFI with music by Steve Crump. It's really nice to um, have you listening to our conversation today. Uh, just as we begin, though, can I acknowledge that every step we take, we are on First Nations country, um, land that has never been ceded and always was and always will be First Nations land. Um, I would like to pay um, our respects to uh, elders past, present and emerging. Um, it's great today to be having a conversation with Dr Andrew Bills from the Flinders University, the College of Education, Psychology and Social Work, and Nigel Howard, who's lecturing at the University of SA Futures. Welcome, Andrew and Nigel. Hi, Dale. Yeah. Hi, Dale. Thanks for having us. Uh, it's absolutely our pleasure. And um, I'm, um, we're going to have a bit of a, a wander about in the conversation here. One of the things we'd like to talk about um, first is uh, thinking about um, AFI and a special interest group that um, you both have um, kind of put your hand up for to think about and start developing in relationship to uh, special assistance schools or, the, you know, flexi kind of sites. Um, and the, the, what I really liked was the problem you posed when you wrote to the board about um, what's happening for accredited learning for children and young people in those spaces. And I'll just read the problem and that might kick us into the conversation, Yeah that accredited learning at, at uh, the level of higher school certificate or VET was designed for mainstream sites. Um, this means alternatives, special assistance, flexies, are kind of left to retrofit mainstream curriculum frameworks into more flexible and inclusive settings with considerable compromises in play, making it difficult for young people to have their learning recognised and accredited. And I'll add a little bit to that when I was... Um, had the opportunity to be um, in charge of a, a, um, an RTO that we used across some of the flexes I was involved in for a while. Um, we watched that clunk all the time. Yeah. Um, and some young people kind of working their way through it, but a lot of young people going, you've got to be joking me, mate. I'm not doing that. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, that's the problem. Um, and the the aim of the SIG, um, and then I'll be quiet, is that... Um, the SIG with uh, Andrew and Nigel kind of representing that would be we want to work with interested people in the AFI network to understand the enablers and constraints to developing a curriculum flame, framework and flexible and inclusive sites to offer more young people access to learning that is accredited at year 12 and to lift their lifetime opportunities because what we are concerned about is that while flexies might be great places of well-being, connection and support, is there enough, um, you know, transition accreditation that, you know, predicts a, a positive future? Andrew, Nigel, your thoughts? Yeah, well, we've been um, watching the uh, the growth of Flexi and um, SAS schools uh, over a period of time, probably five years now. Our research has been engulfed in that. We've been really um, um, interested in uh, how do we um, further social mobility for these young people. So... Look, we know that um, for us, um, the logics of schooling, mainstream, um, are broken. So there's going to be uh, no um, 
uh, lack of young people actually stepping into flexi and SAS school um, settings um, in the years ahead. Um, and uh, our concern is that the, um, you know, the current uh, curriculum frameworks and uh, recognition of learning that goes with HSC or in South Australia, we call it the SAIS, the South Australian Institute of Education, are, um, uh, are uh, set up for generally a mainstream uh, middle-class students. And um, uh, we, we think that there's a whole lot of work the SAS schools are um, and the flexies are, are struggling with around accreditation and, and making the, uh, you know, the senior school curriculum engaging, authentic, relevant to their the young people and not losing them when they're, they're jumping over the hurdles and so forth. So, so this SIG is sort of uh, designed to um, uh, get um, the school leaders and the teachers talking about some of the, um, uh, the trials and the tribulations they have in trying to make the, um, the HSC um, really engaging and then looking at some of the problems with the HSC. Yep. So for Nigel and I, we've, we've just um, launched into a... Um, uh, a piece of work with the SACE board in South Australia where we're looking at um, uh, hearing the voices of uh, SAS schools in South Australia around some of the, um, the challenges they have with the existing SACE and how it can be made more inclusive, uh, how we can uh, delve into better ways of recognising learning for young people, how we can design curriculum frameworks that better work for these young people and it's all about lifting life opportunity, Dale. So yes. yeah, that's the work that we really want to go after. Yes. So, so yeah. Thanks, so Andrew. Nigel, yeah. The first thing that we want to look at is, is what is the actual curriculum and pedagogy that is guiding the, the flexible and learning, you know, the, the new and emergent schools that we're working with. So it, it's very much about trying to build from, from the ground up an understanding and a very deep understanding of what's actually happening and then to be able to open a conversation with the accrediting authorities. In South Australia, it's, it's, it's probably a bit easier than some of the other states because we do have that history of, you know, one, one of the, one of the yeah. cliches of South Australia is the SACE is flexible. What we're saying is not flexible enough. But, but there is that space, and so how do we open that space? But we can't open that space without a very clear understanding of what is the curriculum of pedagogy that's going on. One of the things that we know is that dissonance between when I was an English teacher in a school, I taught my English class to an age-graded group of students in my classroom four times a week. Flexible alternative sites don't work that way. They don't have that kind of separation of what's going on. And one of the things that we're discovering is that the curriculum and pedagogy that's happening in the senior school with these young people is closer to the kind of emergent curriculum that you're getting when you're when you're working with very young children. That yes. the, the 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 teachers, the youth workers. The adult teachers, the adults other than teachers, are following the young person's passions, the young person's interests, taking what's going on and how do you do that? Yeah. So one of the schools that we're working with in this new project has an emphasis on gaming yep. and esports. So yep. how do we understand 
what that happens and what's happening there. You know, the moment we say to them, oh, you're doing esports, write an essay about it, <laughs> then we've lost them. Whereas yeah. if, we're, if we stand beside them and say, well, what's actually going on here? How do we do that? So we're trying to find that out first. And so that would be the first part of the SIG is what is the curriculum of pedagogy that we have? What we know is there has to be an integration between well-being pedagogy and transformative pedagogy. So not only learning about yourself and how you fit into the world, but what's the stuff yep. that we're trying to teach them and how do we bring that well-being into that conversation rather than a kind of binary of, oh, well, we have to fix well-being first before we teach the education. Yeah, very, um, I completely agree. Um, I think what um, is really interesting in that space is that um, the repositioning of the kind of power arrangementship in contents of knowledge, like recognizing, recognizing young person's capital in a space that they bring to a place, like gaming is a perfect yeah. example, you know, and then going, well, let's build upon that. What is that? You know, it's recognising that power, that capital. Um, I think that repositions young people in learning in a fundamental way, which is essentially what we hope would be the, um, you know, one of the cornerstones of um, uh, flexible learning kinds of arrangements is that repositioning of power. I'm, I'm sure there will be um, a lot of people in the AFI community that are really interested in um, talking to you about that. Um, and I would encourage, and I'd be interested in your thoughts on this, encourage people that are not in South Australia to really join in as well because um, there are other states and territories as we know that have very sort of um, prescriptive curriculum frameworks yeah. um, and I'm sure some of the um, states and territories uh, one state I'm thinking of in particular um, some of the people that are running flexes in those places would love to have a conversation with you and leverage off some of the learnings out of this so um, I'm, you would be open to people from other states and territories I'm sure yeah yeah very very yeah. much so <clears throat> yeah, in fact, we believe that um, we'd love to hear uh, some case study stories from um, uh, willing punters in the in the SIG to um, just talk about some of the approaches to pedagogy and curriculum that they're they're pursuing. You know, some something that is really you know catching the interests of young people, and then opening it up to um, you know the the deep learning that's going on with those particular approaches to curriculum and pedagogy. And then some of the struggles they have in getting that, that learning recognised or accredited, um, I reckon there'll be uh, amazing stories that will start to flow from um, this approach. And, and the other thing that just comes to mind is to think about um, uh, the learning that's sort of happening where there are predominantly First Nations uh, young people um, engaged in flexible spaces and what's happening there from a cultural perspective and what's the what's the lead that can be taken from that for other First Nations communities um, you know, where there's high populations of First Nations kids. One of the reasons why we took up this challenge, I mean, apart from our history, is that one of the schools that we're working with is, is a brand-new Indigenous-focused school yep, okay. that will have, um, will have senior school students in three years' time. And so what we want to do is to make sure that the framework's there so this school is able to, to work within a framework that recognises that creativity that they want to foster and Indigenous knowledge and how, how do those two work together. Yes. And if we can get a framework going then, then that's going to be the big test. That's going, yep. to, that's going to be 
well, let's have that working, rather than one of the things that happens with flexible and alternative sites is the burden of having to prove extra. There's the, bur- you know, the burden yeah. of having to prove the innovation yourself. Yeah. Whereas what we're hoping to do is by collectively talking with people is actually develop an innovation, develop a framework that other people are able to say, I can adapt that to what we're trying to do. Yeah, fantastic. Um, look, I think that is just um, in terms of our first really significant seed or the first seed really for AFI um, is absolutely brilliant. Nigel are both um, um, speaking at the Doing Schools Differently conference coming up in uh, June this year, late June, um, which people will be aware is um, happening. Um, One of the great things there would be we could try and find an opportunity um, to maybe get people to come and um, have a conversation with you then about the SIG. Um, We'll sort of build that into the program somehow. But um, would you like to give us a quick overview of... um, uh, what you're going to talk about at the Doing Skills Differently conference. Um, we we were really clear what you were talking about four years ago, but something happened between that four-year-ago period and now, which I'm not going to even say the word COVID, um, uh, and we're getting our head around how we're going to move forward on that. But um, an overview of what you'd like to talk about at the Doing Skills Differently. One of the things that we wanted to talk about four years ago was the, the one school that we were working with and, you know, the one of the three specialised assistant schools in South Australia. We're now working with, with eight schools and not all of them are specialised assistants. Some of them are actually what we're calling new and emergent schools that, 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 are try, that are working very much in a social justice tradition. I just mentioned one of those, the, the Aboriginal yep. school. That, that we're working with and we're trying to understand that. Andrew's best place to talk about what the action research and why we work with action research and what that means in terms of listening and what we want to talk about at the, at the conference. So, Andrew? Yes, so we're, we're very much on the critical participatory action research page. So... Uh, here, you know, it's not researchers coming in and doing things to schools. It's actually uh, collaboratively working through uh, problems and challenges in the pedagogy and curriculum space uh, where we, we discuss and find solutions together. So experimentation about around curriculum and pedagogy um, and then feeding back that experimentation to find out what's working, where do we go next. So it's that cycle of inquiry that never ends really. Yeah, uh, but we're, we're hoping that uh, this SIG will be um, and this um, uh, presentation at the uh, conference will be uh, larger in scope than what we planned four years ago because the, um, the numbers of schools that we're working with now in this space have um, escalated. Really, you know, the logics of mainstream schooling is such that, um, um, you know, there's greater numbers of students going into these schools, unfortunately because mainstream school's not doing its job, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, given that, we've just got to um, open up um, ideas and imaginings and uh, experiments so that 
people can hear these approaches that are, are going to be really valuable and important to their own work. Thanks very much, Andrew. Um, Nigel, you were going to say something? or yeah. Well, one of the things that we do, especially with the critical action research, is we're researchers, but we're also, we're also occupying an activist space. Yeah. And so the idea isn't just to produce papers, which we would like to do and get more published, but the idea is to make change and yep. to change things. And we believe that the only way of doing that is listening to the voices of the students and of the teachers yep. and then lobbying. So one of the things that we're doing is we work a lot with the Children's Commissioner yep. in South Australia, and that actually has extended our reach and our, you know, our ability of people to listen to us because it gives it some weight and gravitas and things like that. So we're going to be talking, hopefully, about what it is like to work not only as researchers but also activists in the space. Fantastic. Um, great, great segue to um, our, uh, back to doing schools differently there. Our first keynote is the children's, the South Australian Children's Commissioner at doing right. schools differently. So um, that will... And I know you know um, Helen very well, so um, that'll be a really great way to open the conference. Can I thank you both so much for your time today? Um, it's been really lovely to talk to you. Um, I just had a quick thought just as we're winding then on. Um, I think there's another conversation there about um, what's happening in mainstream schools that they aren't doing what they should yeah. do. That's maybe another sig we might circle back on at some time. I think um, again, so, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, to, so thanks again, Andrew and Nigel, and um, looking forward to actually seeing you face-to-face -face, uh, late June um, <laughs> and reaching out and shaking hands or something like that. Yeah, it's been a long time, hasn't it? a long time, yeah. Um, yeah. See you then. Thanks so much. Okay, okay. thank Goodbye, you. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye.